Welcome to the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, your go-to resource for navigating the world of entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we delve into the critical concept of price elasticity and its profound impact on business success. Join us as we explore how understanding and strategically responding to price elasticity can be a game changer for entrepreneurs looking to optimize pricing, enhance market presence, and drive sustainable growth. The Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast is your ultimate launch pad for igniting ideas and skyrocketing your entrepreneurial dreams. Tune in, buckle up, and let's unleash the entrepreneurial spirit within. Your two hosts will be Professor Gary Palin and serial entrepreneur Ryan Button. Hello, Professor Palin. How are we this morning? Doing really well. How are you doing? I'm doing brilliantly as always. We've got another fun economic term to go over today that I think can be really helpful when you're thinking about entrepreneurship and products specifically. I'm flashing back to my freshman year in college when I took my first Econ 101 class. I'm starting to panic already, Ryan. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember your freshman year of college, man. <laughs> yeah, that went back, what, about three or four years ago? Yeah. <laughs> The economic term we're going to talk about today is price elasticity. Kind of intimidating at first glance. I'll read the real definition and then we'll break it down for you. Price elasticity of demand is measurement of change in consumption of a product in relation to the change of its price. That's the complicated definition. Essentially, what we're working with here is a product and pricing can be two things. It's either inelastic or elastic. And what we're talking about is if the price of the good increases by, say, a dollar, are people still going to buy it or are they going to stop buying it? So think about your desire for it being a rubber band. Your desire is going to keep attached to the product no matter where the price moves. It's something that the entrepreneur needs to be aware of is what is the perception of the elasticity in the consumer's mind? Are they price sensitive or are they not price sensitive? Right. So we've got some really easy to understand examples here. A price of an inelastic good is gasoline. I think that's really been proven over the past about a year because the price has fluctuated hugely and our demand of that product hasn't really changed. We just simply need gasoline to get our cars around and we need to still get our cars around. And that doesn't mean someone can charge any amount and the consumer will purchase it. There's the comparison to competitive options, but as the, the price goes up and with gasoline, it's typically the cost to the retailer of that. It keeps driving the price up for all the sellers of gasoline and the consumers will continue to buy gasoline. That might be a slight dip, but not enough to impact the total revenue. Right. The reverse of that would be candy. If one item of the candy rack drastically increases in price, you're probably not going to buy it. There are a few people that are absolute M&M loyalists and they'll buy M&Ms no matter what the price are. Most people will go to the Hershey's bar next to it if you need a chocolate fix and the price is drastically different. Right. And that would be an elastic demand. Correct. I think in terms of you take a general category like food, you'll have some are elastic and some are inelastic. So if you look at a five-star restaurant, if the price gets driven up so much, the average consumers won't purchase it. Whereas if you're looking at pinto beans, people need to eat. They need to eat. They will spend money on food. 
I think economics refer to that as a basket of goods. So it's like eggs, milk, cheese, things that are food staples tend to be very inelastic. You have to buy them. That's what we rely on for basic nutrition. Yeah. So when I'm looking at my pricing strategy, I look at several factors. One is what's the availability of substitutes. And if there's quite a bit of substitutes available, then I have to be concerned that there's an elasticity associated with my particular product. I always ask, is my good necessary or is it a luxury? That'll be a factor associated with that. And what proportion of income is spent on this good from a consumer perspective? Rent would be an example of that. There's a high percentage of their income spent on that, but they need a roof over their head. They tend to be inelastic in the aggregate. Brand loyalty, that could impact because some people, as you mentioned, the M&M aficionado, someone is loyal to a specific brand, they will be more price tolerant to increases. That's another reason to create a brand strategy. Also, perception, is it a necessity or is it addiction? <laughs> yeah, have you really gotten your claws into your consumers? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You see that again with phones. Some people are focused on the Apple platform. Some people are focused on the Android platform. And they will tend to be willing to spend more given the platform they're used to using. That's right. They want to stay on the platform. Change from platform to platform is scary for a lot of people. Brand loyalties can have major impacts. You look at trucks. This is the Ford versus Chevy as an example. Right. As I drive around in my Honda truck. Yeah. <laughs> Another really interesting one is perceived quality of the good. And I use the word perceived specifically because I think there's a lot of marketing that goes around to changing that perception, really regardless of the actual quality of it. The more someone perceives the quality of the good, the more inelastic their consumption of that is going to be. If it goes up, they're still going to buy it because they think it's the best on the market or the healthiest thing for them. Ryan, before we continue with today's topic, we're diving into the Janus Entrepreneurial Report. What makes this assessment so unique? Well, Professor Palin, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a game changer. It's not just another test. It's a comprehensive tool that evaluates your entrepreneurial leanings. It's like having a personal coach for your career. That's fascinating. How can someone benefit from using the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's a great question. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report helps individuals identify their tendencies in terms of entrepreneurship. It's not about getting a high score. It's about gaining valuable insights to enhance your entrepreneurial skills. So it's not just for seasoned entrepreneurs? Exactly. Whether you're starting your own business or aiming for a leadership role in your career, the Janus Entrepreneur Report offers actionable insights for your personal and professional growth. Impressive. How can our listeners get started with the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's easy, Professor Balin. Just visit profspirit.com and take the assessment. It's a small investment and a potentially massive return. Well, there you have it. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a valuable tool for anyone looking to boost their entrepreneurial skills. It's a game changer, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. There's a link to access the Janus Entrepreneurial Report in this episode's description as well. To make this determination, as we always talk about, you have to stay in touch with your market, continually do your market research. But this is where technology can be a big advantage to you because you can have real-time data analytics to help provide this information on if there's a shift in the perception of the price from elastic to inelastic for the consumer. 
This is also a really cool time where marketing can become a core competency of the business. You hear a lot about A-B testing with pricing strategies. A-B testing is essentially launching the same advertisement with two different things on it. So you would launch the same advertisement for your M&Ms, one at $6 a bag and one at $9 a bag, and see if there's a marginal drop-off at that point. And within that, you can also look at segmenting because there'll be shifts in attitude from segment to segment. Absolutely. It becomes very complex at that point. How I look at it is I look at my total revenue and then I look at my margins within that revenue because I'm trying to create as much profit as possible. Understanding the nuances of the elasticity and inelasticity could help me with my decision on what direction to go. You bring up a good point of margins. Anyone that's been involved in buying a house, really renting a house, renovating a house, anything in the housing industry has seen over the COVID era, building materials in often cases doubled in price. People still had to build homes. Now that the demand is so high and a lot of the cost of goods has come down, the price hasn't changed. These manufacturers realized people are willing to pay a higher price. The market does support that price. And now they're able to make more money without reducing their costs. In that particular example, though, you have to be concerned with timing on that because in the current market, prices of houses, from my understanding, are still at a high level, but the interest rate is causing the monthly payment of consumers to be higher. The seller is not willing to budge from the high price. The buyer is saying, I can't afford this. And they're sitting out the market. So I understand the real estate market today is fairly flat and people are waiting to see what the end result of this. So you want to understand what's happening in the dynamics of your specific market. Right. And how long you're willing to wait, what period you're looking at the market. Is this a one month change or is this a 10 year change? Bottom line, the entrepreneur is probably saying, what the heck are these two guys talking about? <laughs> Look at your product. And what is the perception of price for the consumer? If the price will not impact your total sales and increase your revenue while either maintaining or increasing your profitability, you can shift that price up. But if you make a subtle change and you start losing share and your total profit goes down, then you want to be very careful with the shifts in price. And I would then shift my focus to controlling my cost to try to keep my margins. I was recently working with a company that was going through this experiment of essentially judging the elasticity of their pricing and this, their demand, the willingness to go behind this experiment. The way it got broken down and the way I explained it is, it's a great way of learning if you're leaving money on the table. If your good could be sold at $13 instead of $10, and there's going to be no difference in the people buying it, that's an enormous difference to the company's earnings. Going through the experiment and determining, is there money left on the table, is a great way of using price elasticity. Way back in the dark ages, when I sold my first business, I asked my accountant, I said, what do you think a reasonable asking price for the business would be? And his response was, the correct price is what someone would be willing to pay for it. And I thought, well, gee, thanks a lot. That helped me out tremendously. But in reality, that's true. The price is, what is the consumer willing to pay for? And we're talking about how sensitive they are to the price shifts. That's exactly right. Breaking a complicated economic term into a simple, how can you use this in your business today? That's an overarching view is just be aware of which side of the coin your product is and the perception to the consumers. Anything else to add? 
we say this all the time, but stay up with your market just because what exists today isn't going to be what exists tomorrow. Don't make assumptions if you're on one side of the price sensitivity issue that tomorrow you will be on the same issue. It might have shifted dramatically. It could be an increase of substitutes. It could be changes of technology. Many factors can associate with the shifts in the market. Stay up on your market. You don't want to be making decisions on yesterday's information. That's absolutely right. Well, let's get entrepreneurial. Let's get entrepreneurial. As we wrap up another episode of the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, we extend our gratitude for your presence and attention. Your dedication to the entrepreneurial spirit fuels our passion for creating this podcast. Check out profspirit.com to discover resources and courses designed specifically for innovators like you. Stay on the cutting edge by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, and other platforms as it is released. Until then, keep the entrepreneurial flame burning.